KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Coronavirus Pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. This is part two of my conversation with Beverly Harzog. She's a credit card expert and consumer advocate and a consumer finance analyst for U.S. News and World Report. Now, in part one, we talked about what you can do if you've been forced to use your credit card more than you had expected to if you don't have an emergency fund. What's the wisest way for you to spend your money right now? That's in part one. In this part of the interview, we talked about the long-term economic consequences to individuals, businesses, and the banking industry. I looked up a report uh, that was based uh, on data from the New York Fed's Consumer Credit Panel, and it says that as a country, we've racked up $46 billion in credit card debt. Um, and going into this, can you give us some perspective? That number sounds huge. Is it? What does that mean? Okay, that's a really good question, Carol. Uh, with cons- consumer credit debt, that includes people that are actually also going to be paying their bills off that month. If you narrow this down to revolving debt, sometimes that's a little bit inflated, but it gives you an idea of how much people are spending. So if you see, if you look at the total changes and you see the numbers go up each month, that's an indicator that you know things are getting pretty, pretty shaky out there, and that is what's happening. You mentioned uh, you know businesses and part of the economic recovery, and that's going to help individuals recover, you know, when we see these businesses opening up again. And no, this is not going to be a smooth ride. This is going to be difficult for a couple of months. And, you know, I know we've tried recently to reach out to small businesses, but we've had some uh, problems getting those loans from banks. There's just been a lot of that happening where I think the banks are now overwhelmed. So we might have to step back a little and kind of see what happens, you know, as this unfolds, what do people need, what do consumers need, what do businesses need, and then react to what we're seeing there. It might be really impossible to predict, you know, what uh, what the restaurant injury is going to need exactly two months from now. Restaurants, I think, are going to have a bit of a hard time convincing people it's safe to come back in, you know, because you're going to go in there and eat and be in a giant room with a bunch of people. So that might come back a little slowly. On the other hand, you know, some people are can't wait to get out <laughs> and go to a restaurant again. So it, it might even differ by state. So it's it's going to be hard to predict exactly what we're going to need. But I do believe that we are a resilient bunch and We'll just have to do what we need to do to survive and get the economy back on track. How long that takes, well, we can't really predict that right now. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. I mean, economists, top economists won't even predict that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they say, you know, some of these, like you just said, some of these businesses are not going to come back. Um, and you mentioned the, 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 hard, um, the hard times that a lot of businesses are having getting these loans, in particular mm-hmm. these small businesses who might have been kind of maxed out on credit to begin with. And, you know, now they're having to try to stay afloat and probably using their credit even more. 
Yes, exactly. And for some really small businesses, they use their personal credit to get their credit cards for their business. We're looking at their personal credit being trashed as well, which is going to make it hard for them to recover, certainly right away. We're just going to have to see what we can do to help small business businesses when the quarantines start being lifted and we start venturing out again. And unfortunately, Carol, I think that there are some businesses that will not be able to come back or certainly not for not for a long time or not without getting into even more debt. This is a, a sad reality that we might be facing and we'll just have to hope for the best and hope that there will be many businesses who can recover from this. But that's a thing, right? We don't know. And, I, you know, by according to the Department of Labor, by the end of March, there were over 7 million people unemployed and nearly mm-hmm. 6 million had had their hours or wages reduced mm-hmm. to part time. And so if you I know it's impossible to predict, but if you can extrapolate from that, I think it's mm-hmm. also reasonable to assume if the jobs don't come back or maybe the hours don't come back, that a lot of these people are not going to be able to pay off their debt and are probably going to have to declare bankruptcy. The combination of the extraordinary amount of people and then throw in these businesses, many of whom also aren't going to come back. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the hit that the industry is going to take. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I I agree. Um, Yeah, you know, there are businesses already on the brink of bankruptcy. And There will be individuals, too, that will be on the brink of bankruptcy, if not already. I do want to stress that if that is your only option, there is no shame in bankruptcy. I know that doesn't give you back what you lost, but many businesses already have used that as a tool in the past when they really could not pay their debts. Now, it's unfortunate, uh, and I certainly have a lot of empathy for what people are going through, Uh, but since there is so much uncertainty I can't really offer you a solution right now. Now, once we get going uh, and specific industries, we start to see how things are shaking out, you know, I think that we'll be able to put together some sort of plan to help people. But right now, I think we're still unsure as to how this is going to go. Earlier on, you mentioned some of the business that the credit card industry is the, the losing, that the banks are losing because of this. Could you go over that again? I and mean, when we talked about, you know, the one big thing are the are the travel credit cards and mm-hmm. nobody's traveling. And you mentioned transaction fees. So can mm-hmm. you talk about the impact right now that you see on the credit card industry? You know, most of these banks, um, you know, they have uh, multiple revenue streams. So, you know, they are getting, as I mentioned, they are getting uh, revenue from what they call the transactors, people who still are using their credit cards and they're getting transaction fees. And these are fees that are collected all the way down the line from the time you, you, know, you buy something at Starbucks and goes all the way out to the bank. And so this is how they're still making some money. And, you know, we talked about the extra rewards they're offering. And, uh, you know, that's their attempt to try to get you who are paying um, and still can use your credit card and, and maybe have an emergency fund to still uh, make money from that part of the demographic. So what we're seeing, and we see this during economic cycles as well, uh, where we go through, like remember the recession back in 2008, 2009, where a lot of people uh, you know, got underwater in their mortgages and their personal credit 
got bad because in some instances their houses got foreclosed on or they could no longer pay their bills and, and they couldn't sell the house. So when we see things like that, back in those days, I don't recall anybody suggesting they call their lender and beg for mercy. <laughs> and right yeah. now, there is no shame in that at all. So, you know, I want people to do whatever it is they need to do. But what we saw back then, too, was people's credit scores going down and banks started tightening credit, okay, because they they wanted to decrease their risk, all right? And what we're seeing right now, if they start we, – we are starting to see some uh, lending standards tighten a little, and I think that's just sort of a – uh, self-defensive <laughs> mode that banks go into, but we're not seeing them try to make it worse, you know, in terms of people that already have the debt and already have the cards. So you might have a little bit more difficulty getting a credit card right now if your personal credit is gone downhill. Uh, but if you already have a credit card, they're trying to work with you more than they would in 2008. Okay, so I am seeing that difference here. And that's why I keep saying, please call your lender and let them know what's happening and ask for help. I think, um, you know, this just moved across the wires and mm-hmm. I just saw it on my screen and it says the International Monetary Fund now says the world economy this year will suffer its worst year since the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. What we're seeing right now, you know, it's unprecedented. Uh, it's not since the Great Depression, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm not surprised because, okay, it, this all started in January as people started getting nervous. So I would uh, say that probably a whole lot of people started saving more. Uh, I know I changed how I was spending. And not that I'm a big spender. I have a budget. I pay uh, my credit card bill in full every month on time. <laughs> uh, that's how I run my, my financial life, you know. Uh, but I'm an expert at this. And so, you know, and I read the economy. So I started changing my spending then. And I think a lot of other savvy consumers probably started doing that as well. So maybe you're seeing things tighten up a little bit in January. And then in February, all the news got frightening, didn't it? I mean, that's when I first remember uh, hearing it spreading so rapidly and the, the deaths were increasing. It was just so frightening. And then the uncertainty kept you know, just really increasing. And now here we are, we're three and a half months into this year, and we haven't begun to recover from what's happening. I do believe we'll recover faster than the Depression era times. You know, we have so much, we have, you know, the internet, we have so many ways to make money now that they they couldn't have, have known back then. So we have ways to stimulate the economy now. People can get online and sell things. And we didn't have that back then. So we have some advantages. And that's why I think we're going to bounce back a little bit faster. But I'm not surprised those numbers are way down. And I just want to encourage people, you know, uh, if you've got investments, don't freak out and suddenly start pulling stuff because this is a long haul type thing. I do feel right now for people that are close to retirement because uh, you're probably getting really nervous about your investments and just, you know, let it ride. Okay, that's what <laughs> I'm not an investment expert, but I'm letting mine ride on the advice of my financial advisor. And I, you know, most advisors out there are saying, you know, let's just sit this out and wait. Um, uh, and and see what happens because they you know we do expect things to go back up. Investments in general are a long term commitment, so this is unfortunate. But let's you know let's ride this out, and it should go back up in time, not quickly, 
but in time. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned it before, and that is like kind of the consumer sentiment, right? Um, you know, yeah. you it 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 the the cycle the psychology of this um, mm-hmm. when you see we're going to suffer the worst year world the world economy is going to suffer the worst year since the Great Depression, mm-hmm. and we're almost everybody is feeling some kind of financial pinch from this, mm-hmm. or maybe even you know waiting for the mm-hmm. the cut or the layoff slip. Yes. You know, you have this debt and you have people might be spending money on simple necessities, but you curbed your spending. And I think a lot of people might be in that same boat where they're just nervous to spend. Some people yeah. will go out when restaurants reopen. reopen. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, though, are going to be skittish. Absolutely. You know, I mentioned restaurants. Are we going to feel great about going into a restaurant but during the first month everything is open again? For my own part, I have been getting takeout from local restaurants because I'm trying to help them stay alive. But going back into a restaurant, uh, and I love to eat out. That's probably my biggest budget vice, <laughs> but I stay on budget. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, there will be some situations where we're going to hesitate to go back out there. And, you know, that's just, that's normal. And I, and I think, in a sense, it's even justified for a little while. You need to be sure that you're protecting yourself and your family. It, it starts with health, honestly. Uh, if you don't have that, you're certainly not going to be able to, to work. So you want to focus on your health, and then you want to focus on your finances and keeping everything together for as long as you possibly can. But I do want to point out that, okay, during the first half of this year, the numbers are going to be awful. Let's say we start to come back, say, strong, like in November or December. All right, the numbers at the end of the year are not going to be reflective of the trend. So I think people need to keep that in perspective. This is one of those events, you know, like a natural disaster where it's going to take what it takes to come out of this. But uh, as we start to recover uh, we're not going to know what the pattern is until we get further into it. But we do know that the second half will most likely be so much better than the first half just because some people will get back to work. Some people will go back to offices, especially if you have small offices. Some small restaurants might start opening again, doing takeout or delivery. Or, you know, I think we're going to be easing back in. So I agree with you that it's, uh, it's you know, it's, it's just... Um, Man, it's just almost like breathtakingly horrible to look at the numbers, you know, that and predictions we're seeing for for this year. But we need to take into consideration that the second half is not going to be the same mirror image of the first half. It's going to get better, just little by little. But do you think we could see another crash of the financial system worse than? I mean, if you think of two thousand eight, totally different circumstances. The mm-hmm. you know the mortgage, yeah. the mortgage issue. Um, that caused the crash. So, you know, could could this be even worse? Could we end up having to see a bailout of the of banks, mm-hmm. of big banks again? As I mentioned before, the banks have multiple sources of revenue. Uh, so they will be uh, doing probably a lot more personal loans than they have been, and they'll be collecting interest from that. What we might be seeing are switches in the focus of where their bread and butter wise, so to speak. You know, so if they made a lot of money, uh, you know, with the credit cards, maybe for next year they're going to make more money from personal loans. They'll just be shifting. And, you know, we've seen businesses pop up uh, and change what they're doing to try to accommodate 
you know, this crisis, you know, companies making items, you know, to help survive the crisis, you know, when they didn't make these items before. So, you know, I do believe that we're a resilient group in this country, and we are going to do what we have to do to try to pivot and do what it takes to make money. I mean, one thing about, um, you know, whether you like capitalism or not, businesses uh, have a drive to stay alive. And so they're going to try to switch. They're going to try to pivot and uh, make the money where they can. Uh, And as people start getting back to work and, you know, there are a lot of industries, you know, not just uh, restaurants, you know, uh, other industries where, you know, people, um, you know, have been laid off because their companies can't pay the payroll, okay? Some of this has so little to do with, um, well, not nothing to do with a, a, a crisis because, of course, this is happening because of the crisis, but it's not because people are maybe afraid to go to their businesses, it's because people don't have the money to go to their businesses. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of that happening. And as people start getting jobs back, and of course, not everybody is going to, they're going to have to find either a new livelihood or they're going to have to pivot. And I do hope that we're going to have some sort of stimulus to help those who need to retrain to do something else. I see that as a major problem coming up in the next year. Uh, but as people, as you know, some people start having money again and they can start spending, uh, that's going to liven up the economy. Uh, you know, and as they're starting to be able to pay their bills, that's going to help the economy. Uh, so it is not going to be something that, boom, overnight, hey, we're all open again and we're doing great. No, it's going to be a slow, painful recovery, but I do think we're going to recover before we see an out-and-out crash of some of the big banks. Beverly, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is such an important discussion. It is, and um, I'd like to touch base with you. Hopefully in a, in a couple of months, a few months here, we'll mm-hmm. be coming out of this, and uh, I'd like to give you a call back and then pick your brain uh, for your advice on what people can do to kind of recover financially. I would love to help. I write a column for U.S. News & World Report, and I am on top of this every week. So I would love to come back and talk about solutions when we start to emerge from this. And hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Hopefully, yes. All right. Thanks again, Beverly. Take care. Be safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic, or if you just want to know more than what you're hearing on the news right now, if you want to go a little deeper, if you want to know how this could change your life or your routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon. 